This is Everything Elite, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling. I'm Aaron Bentley, and I am joined by my uh, good friend. He was gone for a week, but here he is. It's Nate, a.k.a. Epitasis. What's up, Nate? Hey, Aaron. I am back for a week. Um, I was thinking maybe we should add Emeritus to Aaron Taub's host title since he's been on assignment. I don't know if, uh, what do you guys think about that? I think that's a good idea, host Emeritus. Yeah. I kind of like the on assignment bit, though. <laughs> that's a, maybe a little more true. True. Yeah. yeah, it actually is true. Um, and Mike, you never left. I appreciate it. Uh, but you're back again this week. What's up? Hey, friends. It's your old friend, Mike Spears. <laughs> I am back here once again with my other friends. Uh, you know, got in town at about midnight last night. I went out to go visit the uh, the Bucks territory, I guess is what you call it, for my brother's birthday. So that was cool. Got to hang out. Brother of the show, Drew. Yeah, brother of the show, Drew Spears. He just turned. He's actually turned thirty today. Happy birthday, Drew. Happy, dude, happy birthday. And uh, yeah, got to hang out with some goats for a <laughs> night. That was pretty cool. There was apparently a rabbit with the goats, but I never saw it. So I think that it's a fake rabbit, and they're making it up. So, but yeah, no, it was cool. I mean, other than the weather was the exact same as I have in South Carolina. So I was hoping to get a little bit of a base hand going, but that <laughs> did not happen at all. Folks, Mike is on video and I can confirm he did not get a base stand in LA. Oh, I mean, I'm pale as hell. So it's just, you know, it's rainy and drizzly and gross. So it's just one of those things that happens, you know, especially when the weather's crappy. But no, it was cool going out went to LA, had some good food, went to go do some investigating for all for all elite wrestling and for the everything elite podcast went to the famous goldberg bagels and bad bagels by the way that's Harsh. unfortunate did you uh i mean were there any tips there that you picked up on or no nothing worth reporting it was uh, a, I, I got a photo that's about it yeah speaking of that photo you can find it on our twitter account at everything aew Make sure you're following it. We're doing a lot of uh, great retweets. I'm doing like one retweet a week and Nate is handling all the rest. So he's doing a great job. Uh, and make sure that you are subscribing to the show. Get these episodes pumped into your veins as soon as they come out. You can subscribe to our feed individually, uh, Everything Elite, or you can subscribe and get us as part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. So make sure you're doing that. You can also follow all your hosts on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate is at Epitasis. Mike is at Fuji Heya. Uh, on the show today, we're going to talk about some more double or nothing tickets have gone on sale. Dot, dot, dot. We're going to talk about the direction of the Chris Jericho Kenny Omega match for double or nothing. We're going to talk about the status of the TV deal that AEW is going to have. And of course, we are going to break down being the elite. Luckily, Nate has returned to help us break that down. Uh, Nate, how did I do breaking down BTE last week? Uh, I thought you did a great job, Aaron. It's really not very hard. It does not take a special <laughs> set of skills. It's really just watching a slow YouTube show and then describing what's in it. You guys did have a number of tangents, which I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, basically you proved that it's uh, a very mundane task, but I enjoy that we <laughs> keep pretending it, that it's some big uh, exact science. Yeah, well, I felt like maybe there were going to be details that I left out that you weren't going to be happy about, so I was a little anxious about that. 
No, I can't. I don't recall that you missed anything. Um, yeah, no, I, was, I think last week's episode proved that I like Aaron Tab and, and am entirely unnecessary, but I'm uh, <laughs> here despite that. Yeah, we're glad to have you. Okay, so uh, for starters, because this happened in the last few hours before we recorded here on, is it Tuesday night? 200 more seats went on sale for Double or Nothing. There were some production holds that were pulled, uh, but as of this recording, all 200 seats are sold out. So Double or Nothing has sold out for the second time. Uh, I don't know if there could possibly be more tickets out there uh, or if this is the end of the road. I, I think they hinted that there might be more. I think a Cody tweet was like, hey, we might have more production holds being released. So I guess if you're uh, my friend Ayano on Twitter and trying to get tickets desperately from Japan, just stay up 24 hours a day and uh, watch out for those tweets because they could be released at any time. Yeah, I guess they're getting closer to figuring out what the setup is going to be like so they can figure out if uh, they don't need some of those production holds. Yeah, and we talked about this last week. There was a bunch of sections, actually, that they had listed as production kills when they had the sheet the seat chart during being the elite and they posted afterwards. So I have to feel like that just in the weeks leading up to the show, the more they have a sense of, okay, we don't need to block out this. We need to block out this. We'll see more and more. So actually, this was like the third time that it sold out, if we're including the pre-sale then the on sale, and then this. So by the time it's the show's on, it might be six times sold out. And I'm going to keep on trumpeting <laughs> that on Twitter just to get people really angry. Oh, yeah, that's so, but yeah, I'm going no. to take the opposite perspective and say that it has not sold out until they do strike all those uh, production holds and release all the seats that they're actually going to have. That's, that's going to be my position. Wow. Strong take. Because I mean, it, it, it's got to be, uh, you know, feels a little intentional. So they're uh they're doing this to sustain the hype is is my take yeah yeah i think that's clear uh i mean i gave them the benefit of the doubt by saying that they were just figuring out how the show was going to look but you think it's more uh conspiratorial it's a, than yeah that. grand conspiracy um hmm. some high level workmanship by cody in particular i'm going to give him the blame and yeah they have <laughs> a bunch of fake production holds that they're going to release week by week uh just to get that additional Twitter buzz and say, oh, there goes another 16 seats. We're sold out yet again. <laughs> they did kill like uh, a, one of they the parts of the seats around ringside. I mean, like mm -hmm. a lower, a lower section. So I was surprised by that. But Yeah, I think that some of these seats obviously will be sold, but it's just uh, I'm going to strike the uh, the medium here. You know, I could go strongly two sides and crossfire this, but you know, one of the sections that was always that's always blacked out on televised wrestling shows is directly below the hard cam, and that's never going to get struck. Or if it gets struck, it'll be very, very late when they finally have a camera in there to do it. But you know, after they post like the remainder of the card, they're going to do something, so they might as well just say, "Hey, we have two more rows of seats open." So we'll see. All right. Speaking of double or nothing, the going to be straight with everybody. Wasn't a big news week for AEW, but there are a few things that are interesting. One of the bigger things that came out related to Double or Nothing was a, a promo that was released online by Chris Jericho and Jericho basically talking about how he was the one who sold out um, the Double or Nothing show. You know, it's just a, a, a classic heel promo that, you know, Jericho is the one who really matters in this 
company and you know he's the biggest name and so he's the one everybody's coming to see so i mean when i spell it out like that it sounds kind of boring but i thought it was actually interesting in that they're this is clearly going to be a heel jericho versus face omega match and i think that does add a little bit of interest and juice to uh kenny versus jericho too you guys yeah. Yeah, I liked the promo fine. Uh, I thought the his motivation behind doing it was the more interesting part, kind of. Um, he talked about it on Meltzer's show, uh, and then Meltzer talked about it again, I think, today. Uh, but basically, Jericho was getting annoyed on Twitter about everybody congratulating each other and patting each other on the back and you know being all chummy about the big sellout. And that annoyed him and set him off, so he decided to do a heel promo about it. Uh, and that matches like a lot of my annoyance with how wrestlers uh, tweet. You know, my famous example is like when Kevin Owens won the universal title and everybody congratulated him, even though it was a title he was handed through Triple H's cheating. And it was just like that was the angle. And then they all went and acted like it was some big achievement on Twitter. That's fucking stupid. So I appreciated that <laughs> Jericho. Jericho also <laughs> was like, yeah, you know, I'm tired of hearing about people achieving their dreams and all this bullshit on Twitter. Let's uh, have some fucking heat going. Yeah, and I think it's also important for this now that it's not just a one-off, all-in-to-like show, that if this is going to be a promotion, you're going to need your faces and heels. And naturally, Pac is already one of the heels, as we've seen through the buildup with him and Adam Page. And it's assuming that MJF is going to be healed. But for some of the like the top-level stuff, we there's going to need to be some sort of direction. So at least Jericho seems to be calling his shot in terms of direction. So I'm happy to see that. And of course, like it, it with the people on Twitter, I mean, it's just, I feel like, a reflection of how wrestling and wrestlers now are on Twitter. So I don't know. It bothers me a little bit, but at the same time, I don't think that anything's ever going to change about it. So... More people need to be like Pac and just tweet photos of themselves and then being jacked and calling the, themselves bastards. I mean, just be just be like Pac. Don't be on Twitter. Twitter's terrible. Don't be on it. Well, I think it speaks to like a real potential problem with the promotion and something to watch going forward is you have a bunch of people who are openly friends and friendly with each other. And at some point, if this is going to be an ongoing concern, uh, like you guys are saying, there does have to be heat. There have to be feuds and, I get, you know, it is 2019. They don't have to carry the kayfabe of the promotion over to Twitter, but it does help sometimes. Uh, it does make it a little more exciting when it, you start to feel like, oh, these guys really don't like each other. So I, I think that is a potential problem to watch for if this promotion wants to go from something that's fun to watch to something that's legitimately compelling. Yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, have decried the lack of real heat or real big heels or something in the roster that we've seen thus far. Um, but Jericho's going to do fine at it. And also, I, I think elite fans like New Japan fans and like uh, the smarter indie fans, like your PWG fans, are probably more interested in going along with the story and, you know, investing in the story that the promotion is attempting to tell um, than uh, fans of larger promotions are just because they don't have an antagonistic relationship with those promotions. So I, I don't think it's really, you know, but if Jericho's going to heal out and he's probably going to get booed when it really matters. So, yeah, I think you're exactly right. They talked in the sporting news article, I believe is where I got this about how they were going to have these long-term stories and how even in BT, which is something Nate has always said is that, 
everything matters and everything pays off. And I think as long as they tell uh, compelling stories, you're absolutely right. The fans are going to buy into it. I mean, the real the real uh, test will be if if the Bucks ever want to work heel on this promotion. Hey, they were hot heels when we uh, saw them in PWG, myself and Mike, a, a few years ago. Um, pretty good fuck you, Young Bucks chance during that Mount Rushmore era. Um, so they can do it. They can certainly turn up the obnoxiousness level about, you know, a uh, hundred times over. <laughs> I mean, Cody is a pretty natural heel. So yeah, that would be easy to do. It, I, I have to feel feel like that, like we talked about the Cody and the Bucks, like eventually... And it might not be a year one thing, but they're going to have to eventually start facing off against each other. They can't just have them all be buddy buddy for a lo- for the long term. I mean, you already have how they're trying to treat Adam Page, Hangman as like future ace. You have Cody already is like a natural just kind of heel just to begin with. And then they, as you said, like we've witnessed the the Bucks live being great shit eating heels. So I mean, there's there's potential there, but I think it's one of those things that at least through being the elite and how they're pushing so far, it seems like that we already have Jericho as the, their top line heel, at least initially Pac probably right underneath. And I guess they're kind of playing with Lucha bros being heels a little bit, at least with the attack on Matt Jackson and the whole that they're going to try to find out where they are. I mean, I don't know if they're going to try to really have Lucha bros be the big heel tag team with considering how popular they are just throughout wrestling but it's something that at least seems like they're attempting so it's encouraging at least that there's that they're cognizant of okay we have to have heels and then down the line we might need to see who's going to go where all right so that is what's kind of going on with double or nothing i think i want to take this right into our planned uh tv talk that really is the biggest unresolved issue with aw at this point is uh it's the question anymore isn't are they going to be on television? They're going to be on television and most likely on a major network. But the question uh, that remains is, what is that going to look like? And if you're at all interested in the business side, the question is, can they get paid for doing it? You know, how, how well can they get paid? So, you know, Tony Khan on uh, Talk is Jericho. I don't think I, I hadn't listened to the whole thing last week, so I don't think I went into this. But the the most interesting things that he really said that are, you know, business related were that, you know, he wasn't, get, even though he is a lifetime wrestling fan, uh, deep in the bubble wrestling fan, that wasn't the reason to get into this. It was because he saw that advertisers are starting to get warmer on wrestling as a product. And that of course, TV rights are out of this world right now. And so he saw a real opportunity to make money, but he talked a lot about how, TV uh, companies are paying for live sports, which is something that we hear WWE talk about. And I, I've never really bought that wrestling could, that wrestling played into that uh, because I just don't think people watch wrestling in the same way they watch sports. This has been a long, I don't know that Lanza and I have ever actually argued about it, but Lanza will uh, make this argument about spoilers and how. You know, if the TV show has happened, you can't get on Twitter and expect that you're not going to find out about it. It's like, okay, people don't watch sports and they don't watch uh, TV and they don't watch wrestling in the same way. Right. Like people don't record. I mean, most normal people don't record sporting events and then make sure they don't find out what the score is and then go back and and watch it. Right. Uh, But wrestling is consumed in that way. 
to totally different things. So I'm just not sure that the live TV, the live sports thing applies to wrestling. Yeah, I disagree. I'm like 100% on the opposite side of you on that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, you know my, my slogan for 2019, right? Yes, no old wrestling. Yeah, and old wrestling is anything that's more than like 12 hours old. So, right. yeah, it, it's a fake sport. It's meant to be watched like a sport. There's no value in watching old sporting events. I'm not really interested in watching old already decided contests. So we, we agree on that. We, we've agreed we, that there's no point in watching old sports. Yes, and wrestling's a sport, yes. Okay, but nobody rates baseball games. Yeah, and wrestling ratings are like pretty silly, you know. False. Nobody, <laughs> at the end of the year, nobody's like, hmm, what were the 10 best games in the NBA this year? I yeah. you could probably find that article somewhere. Okay, but it's sure. not, that's not mainstream discourse. <laughs> it, it, no, best wrestling they're, they're, matches is like the discourse in December. Yeah, it's it's silly. Um. And I, I, I like, you know, halfway participate in it, but it is, it is like a silly practice. <laughs> you went back and rewatched matches and made a whole list. So don't lie to the listeners. I would never lie to my listeners. Um, but yeah, it's a fake sport. It's meant to be consumed as if it were a sport. Part of the enjoyment and drama of wrestling is like the question of who is going to ultimately win. Like that's the... That's why you wake up and early in the morning to watch New Japan shows is so when you're watching the main event, you can get invested in, I don't know who's going to win the match at this point. It could go either way. So, yeah, I mean, I am would never watch it. I mean, Raw, I guess Raw is like not really the same thing because it's like half promos and skits anyway. And who but, cares who wins? But yeah, so to, to get back to like the original uh, ethos that they're pursuing here with trying to get big TV money for live entertainment... Uh, you know, it's the same thing with like the XFL and the AAF in football. You know, you have big moneyed people who think that there's a bunch of money on the table for live programming being offered by sports networks. Seems like they're halfway correct in that. Um, and yeah, we just have uh, the inverse happening here with the football guy trying to get big money for live wrestling from the network. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't if it's not live, it's like. It's like watching a basketball game from last week. Why would I do it? But at the same time, if we're going to talk about how the new football, the new football companies and leagues started, I mean, there was an article that was dropped today that the AAF, the one that CBS run with Charlie Ebersol, needed a quarter billion dollars today to make sure that they made payroll. So, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing money. that the I'm not arguing that the networks are smart or correct in what they're pursuing, but. If they're offering the money, then that sort of doesn't matter. It, you know, like I don't think Fox is smart for giving WWE a billion dollars. Um, oh, sure. But they're doing it, so you you may as well capitalize. And, and like the larger thing about this, and something that we glossed over a little bit that's worth talking about is WWE kind of did the lion's work in making wrestling more palatable, as I use air quotes, for advertisers because. To be honest, if this wasn't a situation that people were either trying to bolster the rest of their TV network with having WWE or wrestling content and the idea of, hey, this show will get $2 million. we can have the rest of the network get 250000 or 125000 and it'll average out, and we'll just use that for the higher ads. But now they're able to say, okay, their top 50 brands can come on and do this. So the idea that a TV is live and it's a live sporting event that in this overall theory draws more eyes to it because everything else is consumed later because 
we believe in live wrestling and in this fake sport and be able to have an authentic reaction. But at the same time, it's the only thing that in theory people are watching. So that's the idea about everything's paying a premium for it. And it's even gone over to over the top services now. And it's going to be real interesting to see because some of the quotes that Dave Meltzer said, I felt like kind of put, put things into perspective a little bit, but in the same way has a huge kind of open area on, okay, they have to be deciding this deal soon because they're going to want to have this deal announced before double or nothing. But at the same time, if they're going to be, if it seems like they have two bidders, they're going to try to bid it up until they get in more advantageous package. Yeah, as we discussed last week, the rumor at least is that live television will start in October. Uh, not confirmed, but that is the rumor at this point. So uh, the, the reason of talking about Tony Khan and talking to Jericho was just that it was a, uh, a large implication that their television is going to be live. In the, you know, because there's been a lot of talk, well, are they going to tape TV or are they going to go live? I think it's going to have to be live. Now, in the Sporting News article today, uh, the, the Bucks said they didn't want to, that they wanted to be in the one to two hour range. There's been a lot of talk that they're, it's going to be two hours. I think they left the door open to doing an hour show, which I think is always going to be preferable. And they ruled out doing three hours. So it's good to know, I guess. Uh, here's the Meltzer quote that we had on the rights deals that uh, AEW is looking at. Quote, both TV deals they have on the table are for more money than any wrestling TV deal a U.S. company, aside from WWE, has ever had at any time in history. So to break that into non-Meltzer language is that put, a, put aside all WWE TV deals ever. Any U.S. wrestling company, the AEW deal is going to be bigger. So uh, I know Mike did some some serious research on this and found <laughs> out uh, all the non-WWE and WWE, actually, uh, wrestling TV deals. So, Mike, what did you find? All right. So before we put WWE to side, let's just get out there. Their deal that's going to kick in this fall is going to pull in about $450 million per year domestically from NBC, Universal, and Fox. So that's the... That's acts. That's absolutely what they're not going to have. But I did some research, talked to some people, kind of scurried around to figure this out, and just give kind of a, a frame over what we might be saying. And the overall rumor before this was happening it was looking to be a, a quote unquote nine figure deal. But that being said, the deals that this is stacking up to. First, let's talk about Impact and the woes of Impact Wrestling. Impact in their last few years with Spike, which ended in 2014, were getting 15 to 16 million dollars a year. Now they were in negotiation to try to re-sign with Spike before the whole thing with Vince Russo kind of popped off there, and there was they were looking at getting somewhere between 12 and 14 million from there. But when that all went to hell, they ended up getting six million from Destination America for that one year to their deal with Pop, which was only one million dollars per year plus an ad split where whatever ads were sold, half of it went to pop TV, half of it went to impact. And of course this, whatever pursuit station is the deal is unknown. It's rumored to be a trade basically because it's affiliated with the fight network. And we don't know what the uh, ring of honor and Lucha underground TV deals are because they're so linked to their parent network. To begin with ROH, of course, being owned by Sinclair broadcasting group, Originally, it was kind of used as, oh, hey, we can put you on 
TV on the weekend and late night and pop our rating books. So we look better in our market when it comes time saying who has the better station going on there. So that was their idea, at least initially there. But since they're doing upgrades, there's probably some more money being funneled into Ring of Honor at this point, mainly because they finally upgraded the production and not, not and whatnot. That's still unknown. Lucha Underground's virtually unknown and is practically dead, but they weren't really getting paid by El Rey Network either. And it's that's just me guessing because there's no numbers about it whatsoever. And they all had to fundraise to do the, the promote all the productions each season. That's always there, why there was such a delay between seasons because they had to go to producers with their hat in hand to ask for more money. Now, if you're thinking, okay, those are current deals, how about WCW? So WCW for Nitro alone got about eight to $10 million, but this was t- almost 20 years ago. So we, the whole entire rights landscape was in a completely different place then. If you adjust it for inflation, that's going to be a lot more. And that's also back when TV shows were usually getting 9, 10 million viewers a night. So getting $10 million per show there, you know, that's a smaller piece of the pie. Something that I looked up just because I have a personal inkling that this might happen. There's two other kind of rights deals that I wanted to talk about. The first one is Beltor Fighting. And Beltor is somewhat owned by Paramount, which is the former Spike Network. But last year, they announced that they were getting nine nine figures across five years for streaming on the over-the-top servers, DAZN. It's D-A-Z-N, but I found out it was pronounced DAZN, so that's dumb. But is it like the share zone? <laughs> I, I, I mean, if it's like the share zone, then I wonder what's going to happen to all the backers <laughs> once people start sliding DMs. <laughs> but they're getting nine figures there, and then... That's and that's a split deal. So they're going part on the zone, the share zone, and the other part is going on cable for the other, the <laughs> other shows there. And the the last one I want to touch on just because it's proof of an emerging, an, an emerging somewhat sports content, and it both has a split deal as well. Is the Overwatch League now? The Overwatch League is an esport based off the Overwatch game, and when it just got announced last year. And it has an exclusive streaming deal of Twitch where they got $90 million across two years. So that's a big amount of money just for that. So I feel like that's kind of an idea of where we might see at least initially for them. And of course, Overwatch League also has a deal with Disney Sports and they're on ESPN, Disney XD, and ABC. But the, the money about that deal has never been disclosed. One last thing I want to touch on before we go, and this considers... One of the big contenders, considering they were in Atlanta, this company's based in Atlanta, they've always kind of been hinted towards this company, is Turner Broadcasting owns an eSport, which Kenny Omega is something that he's very interested in, he's participated in, he's had that agreement with the CEO where he ran that problematic show in Palm Beach, not Palm Beach, in Daytona Beach. It's called E-League and had a bunch of fighting games. And Turner did this both streaming and on TBS. So there might be a potential that we might see some sort of streaming operation going on here. But yeah, this is this is what I spent my travel hours doing over the last week. So okay, so we if go. we if we take Meltzer at his word and these numbers, then the deal has to be for more than sixteen million dollars a year, right? So what what do we think? 
is a number, an annual number that would be a success, would not be a disappointment to find out that they were getting? Do they have to get, you know, 45 like this Overwatch League? Uh, or if they come in around 20, is that okay? I would say 45, if it's including TV, would be a little bit of, I'd say that's okay. If it's including just TV, because the 45 for Twitch is the most amount of money that Twitch has paid for anything. But I would say if it's $20 million just for TV, I think that's kind of a disappointment. And that makes me think that Dave is not necessarily being fair in his judgment of what is considered more money other than being literally more money. But if it's <laughs> if it's the nine figures, I mean, that's that's enough for AEW and the Khan family to perhaps already see a profit in the first year alone. So, when you say nine figures, you mean over years, right? Over not, years, yes. Not annually. Right. Yeah. No, there's no way they're gonna get they're gonna get hundred million a year. I mean, that's that that's insane. That's crazy pants. Yeah, I think they have to get a big number. I think a big number is probably better in these circumstances as compared to a small number. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Great analysis. <laughs> uh, I think, uh, I mean, I don't know about, you know, 45 versus anything else, but uh, I think the the hungry market for live television programming is right now, and we don't know how long that market is going to be there. So even if the promotion takes off and is a success and continues to grow and, you know, uh, pulls people away from the WWE or, you know, attracts new fans or whatever the case may be, we don't know. We have no idea what the TV market looks like in 10 years. Like TV could have crashed in 10 years. Like, you know, there, there's a large variety of possibilities for where that's going. So I think if this is going to be a big money-making venture and, you know, they're looking to turn a profit on it in the short to medium term, then term, then it's gotta be, you know, uh, uh, it's gotta be comparable or more than, I think I don't more than overwatch. I don't know. Yeah. And it's worth also stating that this is as Nate kind of alluded to, this is under the overall kind of umbrella of is TV going to fail. And that's something that's been a concern since I was taking communications courses in undergrad in the early 2000s. So, I mean, how much are they going to want to do this? I think the Bellator idea of them doing streaming along with TV is possible, but getting more than Overwatch, I think, is kind of where I would guess. But, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the key is they've got to make their money now and get on a big enough platform that they can create a brand that would survive the death of television. Yeah, that's they got to get a foothold before the bubble bursts. Right, because right now only WWE would survive, obviously. We're talking about big money companies. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that was uh, interesting, uh, but I think all the – well, let me quickly, because I, I skipped over this because I thought we were on a good run of, uh, of stuff, but there are some rumors about uh, the Usos leaving WWE or at least, you know, becoming free agents. Uh, they have um, – I don't know. I was going to say they've gotten a title run recently, but I'd be making that up. Is that true? I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> one, of, way, one of them got uh, arrested. I, I think Dave was talking about how he got put over after he got arrested because they might be leaving. And yeah. Dave was saying, I, you know, I don't watch the show, but I listen to Dave. 
And he was saying, you know, this is the opposite of how it would have been at any other time in history. But now, right. you know, if you threaten to leave, you can get away with whatever you want, basically. Um, but yeah, the Usos kick ass. There's a built-in yeah. dream match with the Bucks there. Uh, you know, going back to when they were doing super kick party parodies on WWE.com with the Usos or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, the Usos are like one of the handful of good acts in that company. So those would definitely be guys that would be cool to see jump. Yeah. yeah. I- Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. I was going to say, I just checked as Nate was talking there because I also don't keep up with the big Trump fundraiser. But at the same time, Dave was right. They are the current WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions as of the 17th. Nice. Uh, I, I heard somebody have a take recently that like the Usos Young Bucks thing is like tired now and so they wouldn't be interested in it. i think that's insane the usos are like not just a great act well no i want to put it this way they're not just great wrestlers and fun to watch in the ring but they have succeeded at uh basically every type of act that WWE has kind of put them into i, I mean they're just they're very good at everything yeah no argument here uh and there was uh, a tweet from their father, Rikishi, or not a tweet, an Instagram, uh, suggesting that they might also be wrapping it up with the WWE. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool, and and that you could make a feud between them and the Young Bucks, you know, uh, on twenty four hours notice. Like, yeah, like I'm way more interested in Bucks Usos than I am Bucks Revival, who I've never really cared about. Well, that's because you have not watched enough BTE, I guess. <laughs> Although, to be fair, I also have not seen any of those BTs where they did the whole revival burial stuff. Uh, but mm. that was that was a long, long running bit, I believe. Okay. Well, speaking of BTE, Nate, it's that time, my man. Oh, I set you up for a classic <laughs> Bentley segue. I regret my actions. Okay. Uh, BTE for this week um, opens with Cody and the Bucks. They're joking around with the Yete at the McAloon Productions show in the parking lot. Just a cute little cameo thing. Uh, then we got to MJF. He's at Cody's house out on Cody's deck where they seem to have shot like, I don't know, four or five or six segments or something over the last few episodes. Um, they're advancing the bit here where MJF is a dick except when Cody's watching. So Cody cooked him two bison strip steaks. Just some guys being dudes on Cody's deck and giving each other high fives and throwing out. Uh, and then Cody leaves. MJF throws out the steak. He taunts Pharaoh, Cody's dog, with the other stake. He's just true heel action. He's even shitty to the dog. Um, and then Cody comes back, and MJF acts like he ate the whole steak. Um, so cute little bit. Got MJF some real heat because he was mean to a dog. Um, and, yeah, you know, they, all these segments, like, on this show, or maybe not all of them, but a large amount of them and a large amount of the ones on previous episodes were all filmed during that one little trip to Atlanta they took. Um, which makes you, you know, cast into stark relief how like they had a little bit of forethought and they had ideas for like, you know, four segments and just banged them out in a matter of hours, I imagine. And it really makes it pretty easy to advance these storylines, even though these guys are like sitting in their home offices for probably, you know, six days out of a week. Um, Whereas WWE has giant production and corporate offices and two writing crews and all this shit. And, you know, there's no forethought whatsoever. I want to chime in quickly because for whatever reason, when I watched this episode of being the elite, I scrolled down to the YouTube comments and one of, I think the top comment was from Cody 
or from Nightmare, the Nightmare Family account. And it was Cody saying that Pharaoh found and ate the steaks in the yard. And he could only assume that uh, MJF threw the steaks into the yard because he didn't want to say anything bad about Cody's cooking, which mm. was cool and polite. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. There you go. That's just, just there's the storylines are even in the YouTube. Yeah, Keeping kayfabe. How about it? <laughs> All right. So then if you get a, uh, they cut to Adam pages segment at the AEW presser um, and they show the bastard box promo again. Um, nothing new here. They show Kenny backstage of the presser um, right before he enters. Kind of you get a cool glimpse of like a little setup, like it's in the shadow of the MGM granted shit. Just a little like human moment with these people again. Uh, and then we've got Kenny with Cody in the Bucks. And uh, this is probably in Las Vegas again. They're just like in a lobby or something. Kenny says that he's eager to wrestle coming off his match with Tanahashi. And he wants to know future dates the guys have planned so he can get out there and wrestle more matches. And they just keep saying May 25th, the date of double or nothing again. And the little bit here is that they keep plugging it over and over. But Kenny wants more dates. And there's a joke here where, you know, you guys don't have anything planned. There's no shows here. You guys are just a fucking T-shirt company or something, uh, which I guess is them responding to critiques on Twitter. It seems like seemed like they were sending up that sort of a criticism, not a criticism that I'd seen, but I unfollowed most people with dumb criticisms. Um, and... Yeah, the, and they're also sort of enhancing the idea that these guys don't know what they're doing, like with these million-dollar deals that they're offering to people. Um, then he signs the contract anyway. This segment was kind of a dud for me. I liked it. I thought it was funny. All right. Yeah, well, I thought it was I funny this, this right until they, like, threw the bit away, and Kenny was like, oh, yeah, I'll sign. Like, it would, mm-hmm. it would have been funny to kind of, like, tease this out a little more, I thought. I don't know. I the, thought it was good. The, okay, you guys are the real BTE heads all of a sudden. Yeah. Wow, okay. You, you left us alone is. for a week, and we got really into the project. What can we say? Yeah, I, I just love I just loved the fact that each time they did the May 25th bit, it got shorter and shorter, just like how Flip Gordon's like brief screenshot in the intro gets cut a little bit more each time, a little bit more each time, a little more each time. I, I enjoyed it, but whatever. There you go. The little attention to detail does you some good. All right, now we get the uh, anticipated Joey Janela segment. Um, Joey's like in a locker room with both his eye patches on. He's going to throw another fireball on himself for no reason because he's injured and can't wrestle. Um, Penelope returns finally. You guys were wondering where Penelope was since she'd gone missing. Here she was with uh, Joey. Um, stops him from doing a fireball, says that this fireball thing is ruined their relationship. And then Scott Steiner shows up and Penelope Ford has left him for Scott Steiner. Um, cute little bit here and now here's the funny thing where they just throw the bit away is joey goes to like throw another fireball over himself or something and penelope walks back to the camera and just looks right in and goes this bit sucks that was funny <laughs> to me yeah i loved it uh big scott steiner mark here ajb okay. uh just loves the big bad booty daddy and if he's going to show up i'm going to be for it what if he's like another backstage agent that would rule so much yeah but if you're gonna have Scott Steiner in your promotion, he's got to be on screen. There's just that that's no way around it. But I wonder the conversations that Scott Steiner and Shima could have about their favorite <laughs> uh vitamin regimens. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. called fired in five minutes. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, I, if this is the blow off for the Joey Janela segments, I was really I, I felt like it coming back true coming back full circle, we got Penelope in after we were wondering what was up with Penelope. 
I'm happy with how if this is it for Joey Janela, at least for the next few weeks, I'm okay. I don't think this can be it until he's back on both of his legs. And as Bentley has alluded to, we you know who's who can say when that will be. Is this a kayfabe reference to the Joey Penelope relationship and whether it's you know what what the I think so. I think they announced that they'd broken up or whatever. Mm -hmm. So sure, but then like we assumed they or I assumed at least they must be back together or something. Uh, So I I was I hadn't assumed that. I you know they can just have a work relationship. Hmm. Well, this this bit further confused me. Fair enough. What if this is actually doing some foreshadowing for Joey Janela's return and it's a one-off against Scott Steiner? Oh my God, that would be amazing. I would see that match. That'd be a match I'd watch. I'd love to see Scott Steiner do some Canadian destroyers off the top. That's that's, that's my one dollar bet that I'm gonna put forth now. So episode right. six, Mike says that Joey Janela is gonna face uh, Scott Steiner. Well, as some people have said, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, regardless of the health of his leg, if Joey wrestled <laughs> in New York. True enough for Mania weekend. So, although that might mean that he truly ends the life of his leg and so he can't wrestle a double or nothing all right next segment uh we got joey ryan <laughs> Why didn't you just say that, that takes sucked <laughs> <laughs> we need we need to uh clip out that uh audio of penelope yeah. saying this bit sucks and just yes. we can prop it in um so we got joey ryan he's uh backstage at a show somewhere with lil cholo and mariachi loco um some southern california show i imagine um, they're, they wanted to talk to Cody and the Bucks because they want one of these big deal contracts. And knowing that the way to get Cody and the Bucks' attention is to attack Joey Ryan, they start beating him up. Uh, but this time, Scorpio Sky makes the save. Uh, and we're advancing here. Scorpio Sky says, hey, what happened to your blonde tag team partner? We've got another Candice LeRae reference on this show. You know, there was some, some chatter last time. I've been pushing the idea that this is an intentional build to something. We had some skeptics, but now we've got it two weeks in a row. So uh, they're, they're going somewhere with this. Thoughts? I mean, yeah, when it when it happened, I was like, damn, it's this has to be intentional. And it didn't feel this time as much like it could have just could just be a bit. Yeah, um, I, th- there's something there. I don't know what it is, but there's something there. There's something there that we pres- she's been in NXT for like a year. I think they have, you know, like three-year intro contracts there or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how she could be in this company in the short term. But I think maybe there's going to be a swerve here, and it's going to be someone else, to be honest. Or maybe she is going to fight a cop. She is going to fight a cop. But so she, she can get fired. But if she oh. fights a cop, and she's instantly going to become the WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. I mean, right. that's that's past, a... you're a lawyer. That's what past president means. Yes. <laughs> so basically, all WWE wrestlers should fight cops so they can push. Hey, there you hey. go. <laughs> this is this is just more uh, more examples of AEW uh, catalyzing positive change in the world of wrestling. WWE wrestlers taking to the streets to fight cops. That's praxis. All right, uh, next segment is the Bucks are in a hotel. They're in mid conversation. Uh, Matt has an OWE hat on and says, you know, maybe hey, he's possibly going to China. So maybe they're doing a little talent exchange there. Kenny walks in. He has a surprise for them. He's uh, missed out on these show invasions that the Bucks and the Elite have done. So he has an idea to crash a show with them. Now we go to the Chris Daniels busted tooth bit. Um, they are like in the Las Vegas hotel again. He talks about there's somebody tells him to be a man Hulk, 
which is just funny that you know the parlance is like quoting macho man rap lyrics uh he got a gold tooth because a dentist and aew fan and he wanted the teeth to look like the aw logo um yeah so just a goofy joke here but uh, <laughs> see this bit sucked but it was funny when cody walked in and said he looks like a fucking idiot and that was just the shoot like he's just that's why you like cody is just because he comes in and just tells the truth that's yeah yes yeah. and the, and the best part that, that you skipped over was that when they said we have a dentist on the roster yes so that was yeah that was a real jokey joke the real the real attraction here is cody just calling people fucking idiots and saying stuff sucks I, i'm just happy that they addressed something that i that we brought up last episode like what's up with Britt baker maybe she's working out of practice you know maybe she's getting that established maybe they're going to have send chris daniels to Britt baker and he's finally going to get a actual crown on i mean there's there's some foresight being put down here, but also oh, that's okay. We're gonna get Britt Baker joining SCU by way of free dental work or something. I mean, you, you know, I don't, I know Medicare for all, but I don't know about dental insurance for all. I mean, maybe that's praxis. I don't know. I'm gonna stop talking now. <laughs> all right, uh, then we go to the Kenny Crash angle. It turns out it's the Backstreet Boys. They go to a Backstreet Boys concert, they have Backstreet Boys t shirts on. The Backstreet Boys are like a running bit on this show also. There used to be a thing where Marty would sing Backstreet Boys songs. Um, yeah, and they really seem to be having more fun than everybody else there. Like, I think Mrs. Mrs. Matt seems like she was having a good time, but the people behind them really seem to get tired, you know, after like three songs. This bit went on a long time. Um, but, yeah, they went to a Backstreet Boys concert. Um, and then we get the outro here as Nick is texting Matt about his hurt neck. Because uh, uh, on account of Pentagon doing the pile driver to him at the press conference, Matt says they've got a flight. Um, they're implying here that they're going after Lucha Bros somewhere. Um, and Mike, I, I know you looked up some future Lucha Bros dates here to see where they might turn up. Yeah, they're the Lucha Bros do have a couple dates coming up. One this weekend with AAW in Chicago, which at least to me it seems like they've kind of stretched out the. Las Vegas press conference almost as far as they can go for content. So, you know, filming on Saturday, I think would be a good move for them. Also, if they're going to go a little bit further down the road, there is Sam Adonis's Pittsburgh Lucha thing that he promotes. The Lucha brothers are there. That would be a little bit off the beaten path. AEW has a high spots connect. So that'll be interesting if they would do that one either. Also, there is an MLW taping also in Chicago on march 2nd and a warrior wrestling show on the 15th and those were the four that nate and i were able to find out there might be other ones the lucha bros though don't really promote a lot of their shows right now so yeah they like turn up everywhere like they're on like there's a lot of produced shows and yeah promotions you've never heard of that are on independent wrestling.tv will randomly just oh yeah pentagon's on this fucking show this week Mm -hmm. um I, I I would be very skeptical that they'd be at AEW this week. AAW this week, um, although that would be the most timely one based on this video. Um, I mean, Kylie Ray's on that card, MJF's on that card, Sammy Guevara's on that card, um, but the MLW show is also Chicago. The I've been eyeballing the Warrior Wrestling show in Chicago since yeah. it was announced because it has Luch Bros and it has SCU. And SCU seems to be the you know one uh, factor in common for all their appearances here. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I can't imagine they're coming to Chicago 
three times. So of those three, I would guess Warrior Wrestling would be the most likely. Um, but AEW did sell out, so I guess we'll we'll find out in a few days here. Also, Warrior Wrestling has done a lot of stuff of high spots. So my high spots thread that I think has been going through most of these shows would come would be true with that. Love the high spots conspiracy that Mike mm-hmm. peddling. Big fan of it. It, I mean, somehow I'm going to link this into the cruise and how I don't trust the ocean. And it's just going to all be like a giant spider web on my wall. I have a few uh, crumbs that were left through the show that I want to, uh, or maybe some threads. I don't know. Just imagine that I've made like an analogy that made sense. Brittany Baker does appear to have a real dental practice. Yeah. She does? Okay. Oh, she, she like, she tweets like photos of her in her you know white dental coat and shit yeah i, I didn't know that was from dental, dental school yeah, but i just always thought that was a work yeah what? Are you I, kidding? I, I mean i yeah. i like being worked you know it could have been a work but, i mean she i think there's going back two or three years you know fucking rover was putting over the fact that she was a in dental school and all this stuff well, this i know is, she was this in is a long built oh okay you're just talking about the having an actual practice here. i just thought yeah what we're talking about is uh, like is she just a wrestler or did did she like set up a dental practice okay. yeah. That in her spare time? yeah no so i think she's legit okay i'm looking at uh we I'm do looking- have we have pittsburgh friends we should get a, a dental correspondent to go and get <laughs> dental she work does, done. she does not practice in pittsburgh oh no no disappointing she practices in florida oh winter park area i imagine yes ah it's all coming together yeah makes sense okay the other thread i want to pick back up on penelope ford just clicked over on her instagram account no picture no like you know candid photos with her and joey (laughs) since they were alleged to have broken up okay that computes also, in her bio on her Instagram account, she lists her, quote, ASL. Okay, that's funny. Yeah, because she's, like, a little too young to really. Right. In that. That's a real 90s AOL kid thing. I feel. Right. And she's 26. I mean, anyway, those are the threads I wanted to pick back up on. <laughs> I thought they were really important to the show. I, I, I'm just glad that we now know that Brittany Baker does practice dentistry because that would that would bug me and i'd be very happy one that's awesome that she was able to pull that off wrestling and going to dental school and getting her dmd at the same time and at the same time i really hope they pay off the christopher daniels thing with her because that would be perfect and then they could also bring up the fact that they killed adam cole sure i mean there's there's a lot of ways they can go here and I was actually a little disappointed there wasn't a road to double or nothing this week. I felt like that they kind of developed some steam with that and not having one is a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, I mean, we have one yet to come. Um, there was also the Sammy Guevara YouTube. I don't know if you guys checked that out, but he is apparently a big time vlogger. No, I did not see Sammy not, Guevara's YouTube. Not going to lie, Nate, I skipped that. Okay, <laughs> so here's, I did watch it. Okay. Um, it's really i mean i've i've never like watched a vlogger in my life um you know i've never watched somebody play video games on youtube or any of these things um but like it's he does a really good job of shooting what is essentially just him talking into a camera for however long the episode is like it was 12 minutes or something but he shoots it in an interesting way it's super dynamic and he creates a lot of like motion with all the cuts that he does on this thing 
um like he'll like you know he there's a the 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 end of the episode is just him talking about his press conference experience in las vegas and he's like skateboarding around the top of a uh you know parking lot structure and talking to the camera or like approaching the camera where it's you know sitting on the edge of the parking garage and all this shit so i was like oh wow this is like whoever's editing these i don't know if it's him or whoever it is but they're doing a pretty professional job with this also great like camera quality and, and lighting quality and all that shit um so that surprised me also he like seems likable which is weird because he's like an extremely natural heel when you see him in wrestling like he has a very punchable face just one of those people with a face that you want to see get bashed in uh and you know he his promos and stuff are like natural heat getters and you know it's like not it's not always that he's going for heat in that specific way, but he's just got one of those personalities where you kind of just hate him no matter what. But on the YouTube, he was like, seemed like a upstanding young gentleman and like a, uh, you know, kind of likable guy. Like he's sitting around the hotel room and Sonny Kiss comes up to hang out and they're palling around and it's just them like walking through the hotel with Kylie Ray and all this shit. Um, and yeah, I was, it, it was an interesting watch, not knowing anything about, him other than like he's fearless when he flips out of the ring and shit hmm. i don't know i think i'm gonna uh keep kayfabe and not watch this in case he's likable in case i might like him yeah i always thought he was a big dirtbag you know i, I heard a lot of people disliking him so if that's he's actually, um, i know he has that reputation yeah but, you know that like cubs fan was saying oh no he actually did the right thing when he made that riot booking instead of going to mlw like he was actually oh. Oh, I being, agree on that. yeah so yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not like uh, I, mean, I was already a Sammy Guevara fan because he was a good heel and did cool flips. So, um, yeah, I thought it was uh, it surprised me. You know, it, it's not something I would ever watch in my typical media consumption, but uh, it surprised me at how dynamic it was. Can I just say one more thing about Britt Baker? Please? Yeah. Britt, if you're listening. you got to drop either doctor or DMD. You got to drop one. You can't have both. They mean the same thing. You can't be Dr. Britt Baker DMD. Isn't that how it's typically like on signs and shit? Like, no. if you get, isn't it? No, 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 no. You don't see Dr. Blah, 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 MD. You either see blah, blah, MD or Dr. Blah, blah. It's, it's, it means the same thing. I, I, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, you might be correct in that they do technically mean the same thing. They do. I, I feel like when I see signage, you know, like if you go into like an office park and they've got four different specialists or whatever, sure. I feel like they usually have doctor in front of them and they usually also have letters identifying what kind of doctor they are. They shouldn't if they do. I think you're wrong, but they, but either you're wrong or they're wrong, Nate, is what I'm telling you. So, Aaron, do you not like, have things that say Aaron Bentley JD. God no. <laughs> no, not even on your business card. God no. Really? Because I always know like people that list like all their creditations after them. Like even like project management professional and things like that. Like that's I think this might be you, bud. No, those people are douchebags. Yeah, okay. that's like, that's like this is like that woman on Twitter who's always like, "I have a political science degree and a JD or whatever the fuck," and she's just always wrong. Like people yeah, that if advertise. If you're a lawyer yeah. and you put JD or Esquire after your name, uh, you should go to prison. <laughs> <laughs> people still put Esquire. Like, I oh know. hell yeah! 
I thought that was like an old timey, like Victorian age thing saying some oh. of those, some of those people are still kicking. <laughs> no, a lot of those people. When I was in law school, I would like in my email signature, I would put JD candidate whatever year because I you that's sure. what they told us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially when I was like emailing lawyers or whatever. Uh, but no, I and and if you put attorney at law after your name, you're you also suck. Um if if you're a lawyer, you're just a lawyer. That's all. It's there a, is. Yeah, it's a weird self-aggrandizing thing. That, yeah, okay. I think the only I'm trying to think of the cool letters that you could have after your name. I think it's like the Directors Guild of America or Producers Guild or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, like if you're in the credits of a movie and you've got one of those, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. I agree. Okay, I buy that. I know that people. I have friends who are trying to get like Editors Guild, and they really want to be able to be listed as like Editors Guild stuff. So yeah, I cool. mm. make sure you're subscribing. Uh, you know, rate and review us. I haven't checked to see if anybody has, but please do. Uh, follow us on Twitter at EverythingAEW. You can find me at Aaron Like the Car. Nate is at Epitasis, and Mike is at Fuji Heya with two eyes. Uh, don't follow Aaron Taub, especially right now. I mean, it's just it's insufferable. Uh, was really. it going on? Some Bernie? So Bernie did something today. Was that a thing? Yeah, Bernie announced that he's running for president in 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's happening again, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I have taken a solemn vow not to litigate the Democratic presidential primary on Twitter this time. If anybody time. starts fucking retweeting or, or screenshotting bad centrist takes, I'm I'm just muting them. Like I'm not. Let's be healthy online in 2019 and just fucking stop engaging with people with bad brains. There's nothing to be gained. <laughs> that hey, if, if, <laughs> okay <laughs> you know a specific kind of bad brain which is not charming but sure. if, if if they can smarten up peter dow yeah that's if you're if you're if you're if you're more behind the curve than peter dow at this point Ooh. we're leaving you behind for mike for nate i'm aaron we'll see you next time bye